Hello, I am Brian Foster, and today we are going to be talking about, again, chapter 13, as we've been doing the last 12 Sundays, the 13th thing today. Chapter 13 of the Soul and Fluids in the book Evolution in Two Worlds. Now, this book gets very deep into the spirit, how the spirit corresponds with the evolution of the physical body, how the spirit influences the spirit body, what they call the soul. They use those terms interchangeably, mostly in spiritism. I know other people don't, but in spiritism, they use those uh, two terms uh, interchangeably. So it may throw somebody out, but just want to make sure you knew about that. So, of course, if you have any questions, feel free. Uh, I stream every Sunday and Tuesday at 6 o'clock, um, I'm sorry, 5 o'clock Eastern time, around 5 o'clock, depending on the, how the time zone changes. I try to stay at the same time where I'm at, so the time could change. But hit the bell and the subscribe, and then you'll be notified when I live stream. And I've been talking on Sundays on Evolution Two Worlds, and on Tuesdays lately, Wander and the Spirit Land. So let's go on with the soul and the fluids. Fluids in general, that's the name of this heading. In adapting itself to the remains of the extra-physical sphere, the consciousness, which had learned to perform complex transubstantiations of energy in the various areas of nature, starts to manipulate the phenomenon of mentation and reflection of which thought is the fundamental basis. So that's a pretty packed, pretty packed paragraph. So let me kind of explain back a bit on what we're talking about because I think that is that is uh, that is needed. So, what the whole book has been up to here is that the spirit, right? The ex, what they call consciousness, which, and then usually spiritism will call it the, the personality. They kind of use the word personality, and we are all each a unique personality. And what we start, we start with very primitive organisms, and we go up higher and higher, more complex organism, and therefore are, and you, you can call it like a little application, like a very simple application. Think of a simple application on your iPhone. Think of a simple game. But then you can, as you play it, and you can add more things so it gets more and more complicated. It starts to know you, it starts to know the phone, it starts to know maybe other people it's playing. It gets very smart. In fact, smarter than we can even imagine. So think of us as like that. And then when he said, learn to form complex transubstantiations of energy in the various areas of nature, he's saying, you're learning to control these different physical organisms from a, let's say, bacteria to an ant to a rat. We could have been either one of them. So we're learning now in our human life it's more complex to control and but and it corresponds what they call uh force centers in um, spiritism but you can also look at that which of course has been uh pre in chakras in in more of the eastern philosophy so and this is, corresponds pretty well with the crown which is kind of the old which they call it the the force center the third eye uh, which is connected to the pineal gland, the throat, the heart, the splenic, the solar plexus, the root chakra, all those things control. So what happens is, let me put this one up too. So I want everybody 
So what happens is your spirit, which is kind of this indistinct blob of light with your paraspirit, which is your covering. When you're in the spirit world, people look at you as your paraspirit, which is your covering your body as you idealize it in form, meaning that when I die, I'll have all my hair, I'll look younger, I won't need glasses, I'll never age, never get sick. But when I'm in physical form, that paraspirit, which is connected to your spirit, which your spirit is, is your main center of all your intelligence and, and, um, and senses. It connects, that spirit, when you're in physical form, connects to every cell in your body. And it gets pretty complex because it controls different parts of your body. And of course, like any type of problem, which they call heuristics, right? Heuristics are, if you have a hard problem to solve, you break it down into smaller and smaller problems. Well, that's what's happening here. And just like a big organization, they don't have one guy telling everybody what to do. No, they have different departments. So as your as your spirit gets more complex, you have you, you spawn off more of these general applications to control different centers, and you learn how to do that. And through all sorts of circumstances, you know, when you have to survive an attack or go on an attack, right? All these things that are all important. So there's a lot in that one sentence. So basically saying is you've risen up, you've risen up to, so you're controlling more and more complex, complex organisms through a lot of, through I don't know how many, I, I, hundreds of thousands or millions of years um, through a lot of trial and error. Now, Let's talk about the trial and error because I think that's important to understand. So as we control, and remember, we're this living, intelligent being, but we're not fully intelligent. We're like a little kid who's learning to control oh, an ant or, okay, uh, you know, a tiny little mouse or you know, now a tiger. And so you're learning these things and you're learning that, okay, the, the, the more uh, ruthless I am, the more I can survive, right? So this is why we, when we graduate to become a control of a human, meaning that we have free will. So animals have instinct. And then as the animals get higher and higher, as you can tell if you have a dog or a cat, right? A, a, a dog or a cat or a horse or a dolphin doesn't just live by instinct. There's some, there's some consciousness and there's some free will there. Now, that free will is not that important for an animal because... You know, they're just in a tight little area here. But when you're a human, you really have free will in the fact that spirits will not force you to do something you do not want to do. Now, there is a type of predetermination. You will go through trials and tribulations that are assigned to you in this life. But your attitude and your willingness to learn or not in those trials is completely up to you. You're not forced to learn. No one's going to go in your mind and go, Stop being so stubborn. Learn what really happened. Here's what really happened. Listen, right? No, they don't do that. You do it yourself. And that's the wisdom of the spirit world is even if you're stubborn, you can go life after life being a complete failure. But at some time, some way, that light's going to turn on. It's not because you were forced. It's because you turned it on yourself. Okay, let's continue on. We define fluid of this or that origin as being a substance whose molecules invariably yield to the least bit of pressure, moving among themselves when retained by a containing agent, or separating when left to themselves. 
Thus, there are liquid, elastic, or aeriform fluids, as well as those that used to be called imponderable fluids, known as agents of light, heat, and other phenomena. And the excess is called living fluid. On the spirit plane, discarnate humans deal more directly with the living, multiform, intense, and inexhaustible fluid that flows from their own souls. It can be, it can be defined up to a certain point as a byproduct of the cosmic fluid. Now, when they say cosmic fluid, they're talking about universal fluid. Everything in the universe, the spirit universe, and the physical universe is, is created from universal fluid. And the wills of spirits, like our will, I can get together, let's say three of my friends, if we're a high enough spirit, and we can say, okay, this is what we wanna build a house, this is what we want it to look like. And we can create that house with the power and the force of will of our own mind. Everything in the physical and spirit universe is all there in place by some will of the spirit or spirits. I'll carry on. It is absorbed by the human mind in a vitalizing process similar to breathing, through which the individual simulates the energy emanating from the creator, which is scattered throughout the cosmos, transubstantiating under his or her own responsibility to influence the creation, starting with his or his or own her own self. So this fluid is, is influencing even when you're in the womb. Now carry on. This fluid is the individual's own continuous thought which generates energetic powers never dreamed of. In the new sphere of activity into which it was pulled by death, the individual does not does find the matter he or she had known while in the world, but now it is a different level of vibration. Of course, and this is what the Spiritism tells us, everything, every element is created by universal fluid. But like I say, gold has different vibrations, different harmony, different patterns of movement, different density, all that. And that all that creates different elements. More complex and subtle atomic atomic elements below hydrogen and above uranium in a different form from what characterizes them in the planetary realm expand the array of genetic stoichiometry. Soil in the spirit world is composed of similar quintessential matter and corresponds to the spirit-specific weight, offering vital possibilities, virtual possibilities and riches and wait for the spirit to populate it with glory and beauty, for if the earth plane is the tepid bosom of life in which the intelligent principle is born, thrives, flourishes, and matures in conscious energy, the spirit plane is the school where the soul perfects itself by means of fruitful endeavors before taking higher flights on the road to the eternal light. So let's talk about that. So in what we've been told before, so this, this energy, which is your thought, Depending on the level you are, your thoughts have more power or less power, right? So if you're at my level, kind of low level spirit, you can only do so much. But if you're someone like Socrates or Jesus, or even when you're in a womb, you can start you can start modifying your own uh, genetic makeup, and so that means you're very you're very powerful. And then when you're in the spirit world, you can do a lot more too, right? Jesus was part of a group of spirits that created the whole solar system, formed the earth and the moon. So then it says in, in the earth plane, it is 
for if the earth plane is the tepid bosom of life in which the intelligent principle is born, thrives, and flourishes, and matures. So this, this is the great knowledge that Spiritism was brought to us by Alan Kardec in the 1850s, codified, I should say Spiritism was codified by Alan Kardec, is that we are on earth to learn to go through trials. When he says matures, thrives, flourishes, is that means is the physical world, which is a subset of the spirit world, was created for us to be in this environment of where we have our character and our personality, we have stimuli that affects us so much that we will do the deep introspection and change our character and personality in the manner that the spirit world is trying to get us to change. And so as we, as we matured from these simple animals and, and we had all these primitive emotions, which served us very well in survival and served us very well even in a human form in a primitive tribe or when we were in the, the very basic civilization and tried to conquer other people or not allow ourselves to be conquered. Well, now in our more uh, benign and complex civilization that we're trying to change these urges just to take, take advantage of, of people, steal, rob, lie to get power, all those things. We're trying to take those out. Now, that's why we're here. And that's why and the Spiritism tells us we only look at, you know, at about one-eighth of the world around us. We can't see the other dimensions. We can't see other spirits. Most people can't. Some people have that ability to see spirits. But that the, the Earth isn't for that right now. The Earth is a planet of atonement. We go through trials to learn from our past lives. All karma is real. Now, he says, the spirit plane is the school where the soul perfects itself by means of fruitful endeavors. So when you're in the spirit plane, if you read the books by Andre Luis, it says when he, he died physically and he became part of these different teams that would go to earth, help people. He, he explored how people were obsessed by spirits. He explored how people died and were helped by spirits, the ones who deserved it to get out of their body, all these type of things that Andre Luis did. In fact, I have a lot of that information in my book, The Spirit Realm. So, that's where you're learning more of your knowledge of the spirit realm and how to control universal fluid, how to make universal fluid into objects, a statue, a house, whatever, flowers. Though so that's where you're actually, you're getting the, the book learning and you're also going on task to help you still change your character and personality. You can still change your character and personality in the spirit world for the better, but the physical world is where it's really made to. It's, it's a faster change, and it's, it's, it's made for that. <clears throat> so, life in the spirit world. Thus, in the dwelling place of continuity to which human beings are transferred, they find the same laws of gravity that govern the earth. Days and nights mark the time, but the rigors of the seasons are suppressed by environmental factors that ensure the harmony of nature establishing a climate that is nearly constant and uniform, as if the equinoxes and the solstices join forces to automatically rectify the excesses that divide them. So when they say day and night mark the time, that is true in the lower levels of heaven. As you get higher and higher, that's not there. Now, why is that? 
because the lower levels are and people are in the lower levels are which are a paradise and beautiful but you're more you, you you're thinking of your family on earth you're, you're more tied to the earth you, you care about what country does what you know maybe a political party or maybe a football team who knows but you're kind of in so you're in tune with the earth so whatever city you are in the spiritual city you're tied to the timeline of that city below you let's say if you have a in uh no solar which is a spiritual city but real you, you carry on their time when it's night it's night in rio etc or over london or over india new delhi right wherever you are so and of course then then it's really the, the temperature stays the same you don't you don't have winter you know, when it gets dark, the temperature stays very. You, you just need a very light covering. You're, you're not uncomfortable. Plants and animals domesticated by human intelligence over millennia can be acclimatized and improved on there for certain periods of existence. Afterwards, they return to their nucleus of origin on the plant soil, planet soil, in order to continue on the evolutionary path. It's evolutionary path. They have been given invaluable purifying acquisitions, which they use to aid the Earth's regular flora and fauna with the benefits of so-called spontaneous mutations. That's where the mutations um, can, can be done, what, somewhat by what Darwin said, but I would say the majority of, and I don't know this for certain, is there are teams of spirits that will change the genetics of things that they that make them to be what they want them to be. And there are teams of spirits that will, will work, let's say, on an oak tree. There are teams of spirits that work, you know, maybe on a rubber plant or banana, right? Banana plant. So these are all things you can do. There's lots of jobs in the spirit world. There's no unemployment unless you want to be idle. I'll carry on. Due to their simpler cellular configuration, plants have a limited reproduction on the extra physical plane leaving behind descendants that will return to the common soil of the earth at a later time. There they will spontaneously offer the solution to various problems concerning them without demanding additional work from the human beings that care for them. So this really, it sounds very benign. There's plants, they don't really kind of go up the spirit world and they'll just, once their seed grows, they will be brought back. And there's not much work for the human beings to care for. What does human beings on the earth to look after the forest, the plants, all that. There are groups of teams that do that. But these are very simple pieces of logic that will be attached to each, each plant. And therefore, they'll start their, their learning period of how to control that plant. Throughout those vast regions of subtle matter that surround the, the planet's cyclopean body with extensive cavernous areas demarking the borders as extend from the continental surface down to the ocean floor, just as on the crust of the physical earth, happy and unhappy settlements can be found, as well as infernal agglomerations of discarnate individuals. I'm having a tough time pronouncing words today. Of discarded individuals who, dreading their own thought forms, seek refuge in the darkness, fearing or abhorring the presence of light. So, what he's talking about is there's different levels, and and there is a thing called the law of affinity. You go where you belong. You go where there's other people like you, like with like. So, in heaven, guess what? You're a nice person. You're you know 
You get along well with your friends. Well, other people are going to get along well with you too. You support each other. You don't have malicious gossip. You go down to the lower zones, which is starts at the crust of the earth up to the lowest level of heaven. Eh, there's not two good sections. But then you go below the crust, which is called the dark abyss. It can get very horrible down there because you are with real criminals, real bad, you know, ignorant spirits, I should call them. Oh, now, all these spirits, there's no hell, meaning that you are in there for eternity. You're there until you change your character and your attitude. This whole process, everything I'm talking about, karma, going through multiple lives, lower zone, dark abyss, heaven, it's all about, and then regions of how to learn more in heaven, it's all about making you a perfect spirit and, and giving you the training you need to become a better and better person. This is all this is. Why, why do we have to become a better person? Why do we have to go through this rigorous training? Because thought is action. Just as I said, you, 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 your mind is will control universal fluid. Therefore, you can't have minds that have hatred in them and thirst for revenge and wanting to be in charge of other people unfairly with that much power. So that's not going to happen. So if that's, you know, that's your mindset. You're not going to get... You're not going to get, you know, you, you might have these kind of urges, but you kind of fight them. You might get in one of the lower levels of heaven, but until that gets out, you're not going to go any higher, right? Because you're not going to be allowed to use that great power. You're going to be almost like a god, right? To some, some planet some, at some future date where you're going to create and guide races and cultures. You've, you've got to be a good person to do that. The next section is called Spheres of the Spirit World. Many messengers from the spirit world have stated in diverse countries that the plane closest to the residence of incarnates is subdivided into several spheres. That is actually the case, not from the spatial point of view, but from that of conditions, just as is the case on the globe of dense, denser matter whose soil human beings proudly tread. Now, he says, not on the spatial point of view, Think about that. Now, a lot of us look at, we look at a picture of heaven as a ball, uh, uh, earth as a ball. And then we think of heaven around the earth, and we think the lower zone as from the crust to the beginning of heaven, and then the dark abyss or hell is in the planet. And we go, we, oh, we go up to heaven, or we go down to hell, right? That's what people say. You're going down. Well, but actually, when you understand the spirit universe, right? And this is what I talk about in, in my book, which is, and you can, and, you know, looking at it as a geometrical shape helps us understand it. So there's nothing wrong in that. There's nothing wrong in looking at it that way. But in essence, it's more of this complex database where depending on your character and your personality and how well you've done in your trials, you are allowed, you are allowed permissions to be in different environments. And your permission may be, if let's say you're really a horrible person, your permission is, well, the only environment you can see is the lower zone. You can do anything you want in the lower zone, but that's it. If you are a really good person, advanced to see you're in the fourth level of heaven, your permission level is, you can go to level four of heaven. You can try to get to five, but it's going to be too bright. It's not going to really work for you. But you can go as low as you want. 
And then when you're above the the 10th level of heaven, then there's different numbering systems for different people. Some say there's seven, right? But it, the, the ones I'm saying is by a group of spirits that say, we're just going to use 10. So don't, you know, say that that's absolutely true. But there's, say, 10 levels around the earth. When you go above that, well, then you can roam the galaxy. Unless you're with another spirit that has that power and they can hold on to you and take you where you need to go. So that's important to understand. So to justify our assertion, we will recall in quick summary that most of the elements of the Earth's crust are composed of solids, retaining here and there vast cavities full of hot liquid or pliable matter. The planet has a huge core that is thought to be formed of a steel of natural nickel covered by a thick layer of basaltic rock with a radius of approximately 2,000 kilometers, the top of which here and there appear thin surfaces of granitic, granitic rock among which the basaltic face is covered with water. More or less on the surface, we find the area most suitable to indicate the limit of the soil, the ocean floor. Hence, the Earth's continents, thin layers, 50 kilometers thick on average, with the ability to float like enormous ships upon this basaltic massive. Thus, the, in the planet's natural constitution, from the Baris field to the ionosphere, there are multiple circles of force and activity in the soil, water, and air, just as on the continents. There are spheres of civilization. In each civilization, there are spheres of classes, all of them contained in one strip of space. It's always being around the planets in that strip, right? The, the surface of the Earth. Next is the cerebral centers. It is therefore on another plane, divided into various sectors of activity and struggle, that the discarnate consciousness, by this time relatively responsible, learns the results of its own creations during its passage through the physical realm. This process occurs via the respective reflections in its thought. The fluid in which its innermost sentiments, defining its innermost desires, are imprinted. Under the supervision of the divine guides, the crown center and the cerebral center were brought together in its brain in a synchronized movement of labor and harmony. The mind uses the crown center to administer its vehicle of exteriorization, whereas it normally uses the cerebral center, which collects its, stim its stimuli to transmit in mental impulses and warnings, orders and suggestions to the organs, tissues, cells, and impl implements of the body through which it expresses itself. So the crown center is really kind of tied to your spirit, right? And then your um, your 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 cerebral center is starting is controlling the different parts of your body. Thus, just as the cerebral center is represented in the encephalic cortex by the various command nuclei, controlling sensations and impressions from the sensorial world, the crown center through a whole group of nuclei nuclei in the 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 encephalon concentrates a vast system of governance of the spirit in the thalamus, where all the afferent nerves of the cerebral cortex converge, except for the olfactory fibers, your eyes, which are the only central fibers with cort cortical connections that do not pass through it. There, in that delicate network of forces, the thought or mental fluid flows through the nuclear interspersed in the afferent fibers, the thalamic system of diffuse projection, and nuclear partially broached by the earthly science, just as those of the midline, which do not degenerate after cortex is extirpated, according to known experiments. Thought or mental fluid flows through a subtle 
subtle secretion, not from the brain, but from the mind. By means of this repeated impulses, the fluid influences the entire cortical area and the psychosomatic sensorial areas first, vitalizing and directing the entire biological cosmos. So what is he saying? Now, this is pretty getting down to the point, but the fact is, we think the brain controls everything, but what they're really saying is the areas which control a lot of our hormonal levels is, is more connected to our spirit. And our spirit is really sending stuff, okay, start feeling this, right? Kind of go through this. And also like how children are, secrete different hormones at different ages. So he says, by means of repeat impulses, the fluid influences the entire cortical area and the psychosomatic sensorial areas first. So your spirit is influencing your whole body in which your brain kind of responds to, oh, this is the state of my body. Okay, got it, right? It's not... It's, it's not completely true that your brain controls everything. It's that your spirit is kind of making these small changes from outside. So there's a lot of network of forces here. And your, and your spirit looks like it's connected more through your th thematic system than um, anything else. So, so they're saying is the repeat influences fluid influences the entire cortical area. Let me hit this. Okay, now I'm back where I am. So around the physical body, the individuality, which is conscious and responsible for the type, quality, and use of the fluid, organizing its psychosphere or psychic aura, much like the flame of a candle, which is utilizing the fuel that feeds it, establishes the area of its influence. This fluid or mental matter has its own ponderability and specific chemoelectromagnetic properties that are defined in perfectly measurable units similar to the periodic table of the chemical elements. In the circles of the more highly evolved intelligence, analyzing combinations of known substances can be effectuated with certain purposes in mind, as is the case nowadays on the Earth, where elements such as the tumium, plutonium, americum, and curium may be created artificially. So this fluid, which is kind of comes from the electromagnetic impulses of our spirit, which is it kind of fits in and lives in the spirit realm, it then sends information to our bodies through this through this uh, paraspirit. So there, this section is reflection of ideas. Thus, the particle of thought as a fluidic corpuscle is like the atom, a unity in essence, although subdivided in diverse types according to the quantity, quality, behavior, and trajectories of its components. And just as the atom is a living and powerful force in its own composition, but passive before the intelligence that mobilizes it for good or for ill, the particle of thought, although alive and powerful as it flows from the spirit that produces it, so that means your spirit is sending this thought to create these things, is also passive before the sentiment that gives it form and nature for good or ill. Therefore, by accumulation, it can be converted into an imprisoning or liberating, acidic or soothing, sweet or bitter, nursing or depleting, life-giving or deadly fluid, depending on the force of the sentiment that typifies and configures it, in which we will label, for lack of an equivalent terminology, the ray of emotion or the ray of desire, a force that causes the differentiation of its mass and trajectory, impact and structure. So... Think about a ray of emotion, a ray of desire. 
And let's talk about dreams for a second. So in dreams, people will dream and they'll see all these strange things. And, and it's hard to go from a three-dimensional world to a four-dimensional world where you can actually see time, not experience time per se, and for you to understand your dream. But a lot of times what I tell people is, did you feel good when you woke up? Did you feel like something positive happened? Do you feel more alive? Do you feel dedicated to do something? That was a, a, a ray of emotion or a ray of desire that through conversation in the spirit world with superior spirits or your friendly spirits, which was a sweet, soothing, life-giving fluid that was sent to you. And you'll know later on what you're supposed to do. There'll be little clues. But did you feel terrible? Do you feel like, oh, that was probably a bitter, acidic, or depleting, or deadly fluid? And you were probably meeting with, a meeting or interacting with lower spirits. Let me carry on. In this way, the mental fluid carries not only individuals' mental sensitive dispositions in interplay, I mean, between the physical and spiritual world, but also the images that travel between brains that are tuned to each other through natural and incessant reflection, establishing the progressive ideations originally emitted by high order spirits that transmit to Earth's discards the ideas of a more developed civilization. And by those same spirits in contacts with the incarnate tribes of the Paleolithic age, such ideas descend to the planetary realm, disciplining individuals and offering new horizons to their view and understanding. Thus, by means of the reflection of ideas, an intertwining circuit of forces emerges between the two realms. So these spirits, as these, you know, let's call it like some sort of more primitive tribe. They exist in the spiritual world, but the low area of the spiritual world and the physical world. But they will be given ideas and they'll they'll kind of they'll get these things and they'll send them to their physical selves. And then you can ask yourself, well, why do some civilizations, why did some like in uh, Asia, they had the will, but in the Americas, they never invented the will. And that, uh, to me, I think, is that's because that was planned that way. They never gave them that inspiration. Most things that are that are invented are inspired by spirits. I hate to say that because we think we've all done our own thing, but most things that are invented, I'm sure Thomas Edison, to give an example, was inspired by a lot of spirits, all the things he created. So this is, this is how the spirit world will communicate with spirits, will give them inspiration, and then they'll do it on their physical self, and then that will advance civilization. Here's the next section. Tool-making intelligence. The physical plane is the cradle of evolution perfected by the extra-physical plane. The former infuses the breath of life whose edifications are perfected by the latter, meaning the spirit plane gives life to the physical plane and they also starts giving ideas. It's kind of like kindergartners in a room. And they're kind of, they are kind of, they are herded around and they said, you know, and there'll be like an art poster and there'll be paints and someone will kind of give them a push towards it and they won't even think about it. They'll just think, oh, I want to paint. And yet, yet the teacher really guided them without their knowledge which is kind of like us here on earth. So reincarnation multiplies experiences tallying up little by little. So as these primitive spirits, right, 
in you know in different tribes you know tribes in Europe tribes in America tribes in Asia and they start making tools they start having civilization they retain that intelligence and instincts that doesn't mean they know exactly how to do it right out of when they're born they, they're born again but they they have a higher instinct of what can be and then they'll get into this and culture then they'll be learning by the culture and civilization of the time carry on distraction slowly subtracts portions that are useless for the spirit's progress divides those that remain and defines the results according to which the spirit finds itself either ennobled or indebted before the law so so when they say this carnation slowly subtracts portions you know so though when you die sometimes you know they purposely have you fluff off things that that uh, was before or sometimes you have to pay for things and it kind of makes you have to go through a whole life where you have pretty tough trials but hopefully you are still learning what is the consolidation of the incessant occlusion of the mental fluid between the two spheres a new cycle of learning begins for the human being so there's always these mental thoughts when that's all uh, you know the fluid mental fluid mental energy and you can look at it as electricity you can look at it as in a software point of view where you're sending like an I, like ip like your phone is talking to another person that's just sending packets of information well they're talking about mental fluid because it all, they call it the universal fluid but it's and so it shows you how complex the spirit world is there's this whole thing and all this universal fluid retains memories retains thoughts shows us different environments it's like in, intelligent physicalness but it's really all logic but the interface between it and us as an application within it we can see things because it interfaces to us so when we're in the paraspirit we're in the spirit form we can see what he heaven looks like but if we wanted to i think we could just see that it's just data and yet it's malleable and we can go okay now what does this data represent oh that's beautiful heaven and i can feel it i can touch it i can feel myself that's how that's how complex and and just amazing it is it's so above us that i'm probably not even explaining it as well as it should be explained okay carry on in reality the mind of the paleolithic era is still limited and embryonic but not so much that it cannot absorb albeit in a small dose dose the renewing ideas suggested to it in the higher realms consequently through potential reflection tool making intelligence appears amongst human beings that have barely emerged from the wild introducing an elementary utensil industry to the world using tools the inhabitants of the jungle find means to effectively perform old instinctive activities utilizing the pole to make their arms longer to pick hard to reach fruit fabricating hooks and harpoons to replace their fingers in the depth of the waters chipping flint that increases the power of their fist and creating the will to spare the use of their feet somewhat so they see we've been guided through all this the creative plasma of the mind it is through the mental fluid imbued with magnetic powers of induction that progress is noticeably accelerated so that's so you know we're not just put on this brain that's empty right we, we have these powers that goes back and forth between our spirit and our physical body we can look at these things in the spirit and we can send clues to our physical body it is through the dynamic expansion of the exchange of thoughts regarding culture and beauty that the grand principles of religion science virtue education industry and art descend 
from the sublime realms and influence people's minds, outlining a profound renovation in their spiritual bodies to be reflected in their physical vessels, which gradually adapt to new habits. So you can ask, well, the spirit world is given us science and virtue and education. Why aren't we part of a perfect society? Why didn't it say, well, have completely, don't be corrupt, right? You know, do the right thing all the time. Why can't they inspire us to do that? Well, there's one word with a hyphen, or you can call it two words. It's called free will. So they send us all this information. We have the free will to use it, abuse it, or ignore it. And we get this information when we're primitive spirits, we go, oh, how can we use it to our advantage? How can we use it to control people? How can I get more wealth from it? Instead of, okay, this is what they mean. How can I help other people? So it's our interpretation of all this information. Now, they send us through trials and tribulations, so our interpretation becomes more, uh, um, more pure, more useful. But that's why it takes a long time. I'll carry on. The intelligent principle took eons to build the wonders of sensation and automate automatism of instinct and rudimentary intelligence. However, I mean, they talked about that in the previous chapters. However, the diffusion of the creative plasma originated from the mind and continuous circuits, advanced reflection is consolidated between heaven and earth, and the mental fluids are actuating thoughts in the realm of the soul, imprint radical transformations on the physio-psychosomatic vehicle, associating and disassociating numerous civilizations in order to build them all over again in an arena where human beings, heirs of instinctive animality, continue even today the progressive endeavor of their ascent towards the true attributes of humanity. Now, there's a lot there. So what are they saying? And in order to build them all over again, well, Spiritism has told us that our civilization which we think, you know, like back to ancient Egypt, way back when in China and the, 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 the Fertile Crescent, and where we think the first cities are, right? That's just the latest one, that there's been Atlantis, Lumeria. There's been two other ones. I don't know the name. They said, now oh, there's two other ones, but we're not going to tell you, of civilizations that came. And they say Atlantis really had the power using radio waves and was pretty advanced, but the problem is they were they were technologically advanced, but not morally advanced. And they said, okay, we're going to destroy them. Bam. Same thing with Lemuria and two other civilizations. So when you, it's interesting. I look at YouTube and so when you see these in these other books, like, oh, there's other ancient civilizations existed, but we don't see any proof on it. Or you see little hints. Well, it's true. I, I believe that. There are hints. There are like little screws that they found in fossilized things and, and rocks and so and so they're there but you think about you know 50,000 years how everything's going to be destroyed and you know, basically too you know you think about the human culture where you know we started from let's go back 6,000 years where you know the, the farming and all that started going on and we did all this right within about eight to ten thousand years let's say ten Give it, let's say 10,000 years where we are now from primitive, almost farming. And yet humans have been around 200,000 years or so. So there's been plenty of times of up and down, up and down. Why is that? Because we don't learn. Because we resist 
we resist the goodness that's coming from the spirit world and we use their their inspiration for how we want to use it we use their inspiration for radio waves and light and nuclear fission for weapons instead of helping other people now what we have been told this is the good news is that we are a planet of atonement but now we're starting the process of planet regeneration that has not been allowed before that we are getting ready to in experience this spiritual awakening and this spiritual awakening has been heralded not just by spiritism but by many different sects and religions and this will happen this time it is preordained this is the aim of the spirit world under the leadership of jesus and when jesus says he wants something it's going to happen now the exact timing is up to our cooperation but it will happen eventually and so we are going to be a planet regeneration where we're going to get rid of, uh, no, not perfectly, won't be a perfect planet, because those will come later, but it'll be a lot less hate, there'll be, there'll be no wars, cooperation, uh, there'll be justice, maybe not, there won't be perfect equality, there's some people who have more than others because they have more responsibility, they'll deserve that, they'll be in positions of power because they should be, not because they fought their way or corrupted their way, are, you know, are backstabbed their way in companies like you know we experience here today on earth so these things are happening and they're happening because the spirit world is moving us because we have right now probably around a 30 percent to a third of humans that when they die they go to heaven now the the change will really occur when we have over 50 percent of people who try to maintain their basic goodness. I'm not saying you have to be saint, right? Because you know, 30% of the people who go to heaven are almost a third. Um, you know, they're just normal people. We do things wrong. I mean, I, you know, it's like me. I do stupid things. I, oh my God, why did I do that? Why, why didn't I tell the truth in that instance? I'm, I'm an idiot, right? So, but we do that, but we still can go to one of the, to, to a relatively low level of heaven, which I hope. And, and we'll learn to be better in life after life. We'll, we'll, we'll become more, attuned to where we should be to the morality we should experience and 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 helping other people and, be, and getting rid of our selfishness and pride right because pride and selfishness that's really the two things now pride and selfishness worked well when we were primitive tribesmen so but that's why we, we got to get that out of out of our character and personality so spiritism in its uh in its basic configuration it, it really is telling you these things this is why spiritism is so it's just fascinating where other religions are saying yes you have to become moral and, and, and you know from buddhism to hinduism christianity all of these things uh, the jewish tradition is you need to be a better person and, and it's all given to us by prophets sent by jesus to earth to tell us that but spiritism says okay in these other words, things are a little bit fuzzy. Spiritism really tells you what is the process? Why is this process? What are you in this process? How can you look at yourself? Who really are you? Are you immortal? Yes, you are. You're and you're on earth and things aren't going so well. Well, you did something in your past life, but you can rectify it in your, this life by learning from it. And your next life is based on karma you accumulate in this life. You want your next life better? Start learning, 
understand what you've done wrong in the past. Change your character and your personality. And I explained this. I have, I have 15 books, but my latest book is The Spirit Room. So I try and kind of put all of this in context. And it, I, I, it's this should help. You know, it's, it's the spirit realm. Spiritism has revealed the reality of our existence. And it goes through the physical universe, the spiritual universe. What are spirits? Who are you? How spirits ascend, how spirits learn, what your future is, what the earth's future is. It's giving you this concrete information, this fact-based information, which it might, you know, it's fact by sending higher spirits to multiple. This is not just one, this is not just one medium talking to one spirit. This is from Alan Kardec talking to multiple spirits in multiple ways right, in geographical areas in, in Europe, and that he doesn't use the answers unless all the, the answers are the same or similar from the 1850s to different spiritist mediums talking about superior spirits, giving us more information. It's not like, you know, the Bible, a lot of people think that the Bible is just the word of God and it's constant. Well, spiritism tells us that the messages of love and charity fraternity are eternal, but other things, they were given to the people of the culture and technology at that time. And in the spiritism, we're saying they're giving us more information according to what we can. And then as our culture and technology advances, we'll be told more and more and more. So I, I, I urge people to look at the Spirits book. It's in PDF. You can go to my site, nwspiritism.com, and you can go to a bookstore that will sell it to you, the FEB bookstore. And then the other thing I also recommend is Spiritism 101 and Third Revelation, which you can go to my site and, uh, and you know, link it uh, in, the, uh, in the description below, nwspiritism.com. And you can download it in PDF. You can also, of course, buy it in uh, paperback, Kindle. It's also on Audible. And that will give you a good foundation. And then I then you can read any of my books, but the one that you might want to read is The Spirit Realm, Spiritism Revealed the Reality of Our Existence. And that's again, that's available in Kindle, Paperback, and Audible. I think if you look at these things, it will really kind of it will tell you who you are, what you are, where you're going, and let you make your own decisions of what you want to do. There's no such thing as you're not really going to rot in hell forever for what you did. No. You just might have to pay for your past mistakes. You know, someone like Mao or Stalin, they're going to have a lot to pay for. But they, one day they'll be perfect. They'll go through quite tough trials. But the effort to go to heaven, which is wonderful, it is full of love. You'll, you'll never feel better. You'll feel this ecstasy of love and comfort and connection. And what the spirits uh, tells us is that whatever you sacrifice here on earth will be repaid a hundredfold when you go to heaven. So I hope this helps everybody and God bless.